Welcome to Anime Out of Context, a comedy review show hosted by a basement dweller who grew up scrounging terrible fan subs on sketchy websites prior to the convenience of modern streaming, alongside a willfully ignorant soul whose only knowledge of anime comes from the shows forced upon him here. This show will contain spoilers, incorrect information, and copious amounts of adult language. Our hosts are not experts on any topic, and everything they say should be taken with a grain of salt. Thank you for listening, and enjoy. Hello and welcome to Anime Out of Context, the show where I attempt to explain the sometimes weird, sometimes wonderful, but always hilarious world of anime. And he is also a sex icon among all weebs. I'm Sean Rollins. I'm Remington Chase. Okay, I, I just Rem- thought I, w- I would spread the, the good word about Sean. <laughs> um, for those who don't know, he's a sex icon. Um, now and always, you know, so I just... For those who didn't already know, I just thought I would. You know, Ram, I know as friends that. we're supposed to we're supposed to prop each other up, tell like make each other <laughs> feel good. You know, yeah. be there for each other. But I, I just need you to be honest with me for a second. How much did that hurt to say? I I don't know what you're talking about, Sean. Um, like the historical historically reliable stories of uh, George Washington, I cannot tell a lie, and so <laughs> uh, <laughs> as. Both, like, from me and also as the voice of the people, uh, I, I just, I, I needed to state my truth and the truth. All of our truth, really. Uh, whatever you say, Vox Populi. All right. <laughs> but with that in mind, Remington, I figure uh, it was about time to, to dip into something very, uh, well, let's just say iconic in the anime verse. Hmm. All right. Always dangerous. Very dangerous. I, I feel like Especially, the past couple weeks we've we've done some iconic things lately. I I would say. Yeah. Well, some, I mean, we dipped really into Pokemon. Well we yeah, we dipped into R in high school. Uh, but I feel like it's been a while since we've gone, you know, really far back. Oh no! Oh, old anime. Those are the worst ones. They didn't hard know how disagree. To write stories then. So you're saying that Sword Art Online is better than older anime? No, here, here's how it goes, all right? Okay. Old anime, didn't, they didn't know how stories worked then, right? They, they gradually improved before it tanked. There, there was a great crisis um, around uh, 2009 through 2012 or so. Uh, since then, they've essay, built yeah. themselves... Oh, okay, 20... All right, we'll say it's 2010 to 2014. Um, yeah. There was a crisis. Since then, they've largely... Been building back up from my, with my impression from the show, um, and and that is that's sort of how I view it. Where they started off rock bottom, inching up but not making a ton of progress, jumping down and then going uh, up. If anything, exponentially now. I I think I would argue that it's from my my very informed opinion um, because I know all things anime accurately. Uh, um, I, I would say anime, it is the golden age of anime right now where there's more than ever. And while that means a bunch of shit, also it means some of the best stuff, a lot of the best stuff, uh, that, that's just like ever been out. Okay. So, you know, it's been almost two years since we've gotten an angry email about our opinions on Akira. So it'll be nice to get some of those back. <laughs> there's some exceptions. 
There is some except Akira story was a bit of a clusterfuck, but what a what a weird fucking masterpiece and the animation and oh man, it is it is like a technical marvel. Yeah, and I was I thought we were done getting bad emails about that, but since you decided to you know uh, bring it I about, didn't diss it specifically. <laughs> considering like the six or seven anime we did pre two thousands, uh, it's it's kind of a low bar. Like my man, you're like if you're punching like a, a bowl of fruit and there's like six fruits in there, you're probably going to hit most of the fruits. All right. Well, put the fruits to the side. What terrible anime are we watching this week? Well, Remington, uh, we are going to be talking about a an, another anime film. Oh, okay. Um, hmm. Hmm. So. Okay. Again. Here's a question. Because it's old, yes. right? And you talked about it being a bit of an icon. Yes. It's it's likely one of those that li like an Akira or even like uh, a, a nice classic uh, Mr. Gibbles mm -hmm. um, that has been like wildly influential and also potentially fairly popular over here in the West. Uh, it is all of those things. Okay, except okay. for the Mr. Gibbles. It is not a Ghibli film. <laughs> all right, let's see here. And Remington, I'll be amazed if you've not heard of this series. Oh fuck! Oh no! Okay, all right, let's see, what series, wait, no, we're doing a film, though. Yep, oh, it has that multiple, makes it... like, it has multiple uh, films that are <clears throat> not as good as the original, of course, but uh, it is a oh. thing. And okay, M multiple films, it it's old. If it helps, the year it came out was 1995. Are there robots? Oh, hell yeah. Okay, that. That doesn't narrow it down as much as I'd like, but I'm <laughs> yeah. gonna make a guess. <laughs> yeah, no, no, Remington. Hey, guess what? One of the most popular anime genres in the especially, 90s was. Yeah. Sci-fi, especially sci-fi oh, with robots. Oh yeah, like no. you. It's like, oh man, does this forest have trees in it? That's basically oh. what you just asked me. <laughs> All right. Well, let 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 me ask a follow-up. Is it uh, a is it a franchise we've already covered before? It is not. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. It's also a franchise that had some controversy within the past decade. Oh, controversy? Yeah, oh, not with the man. original film, per se. And, okay, d did it start out as a film, or are we just watching uh, it started out. It? it started out as a manga, as a lot of things do, uh, and it got yeah. adapted into a very, very popular anime film uh, in November of 1995. Oh man, I have maybe a guess, but I thought that this started as a series, so I think I'm wrong. Hit me with it, you might surprise me. Because I'm like, something that's robots, and I think it's a bit old, and I'm pretty sure it's iconic, but also, I've heard of it, so it satisfies that, but also, I know very little about it, and once again, I think, I felt like this was a series before movie, but... The, the, like, one that comes to mind vaguely is, like, Neon Genesis. Ooh. Remington, you're very close, but very far away, I'm afraid. Oh, damn. Yep. Why am I correct that Neon Genesis it was a series? Yep. Neon Genesis Evangelion yeah, okay. is a series, yes. Uh, and, okay. and a couple movies. Like, it started as a series, yes. and then it got yeah. reworked into some movies to fix a few things. And See, and, and that that's why I thought I was wrong, but that that was the, yeah. the thing that came to mind. Which actually, uh, the we finally actually recently got an ending to Evangelion. It's been, like, like a proper true ending, I mean. Uh, cause there's, there's a lot of controversy about the original series ending of Evangelion and, uh, 
they finally were able to uh, finish it up recently, which is very good, and I can't wait to have a look at it. I hope it's wonderful. Uh, All right. In that case, I, I have one final guess. All right. Um, it was released mid-90s, so I'm feeling good about it. Dexter's Laboratory, specifically the episode about the Met. <laughs> Locking it in. Oh, my fuck, Remington. <laughs> you couldn't even name a sci-fi fucking movie. You went with what? another series. <laughs> like, you had so many options. You had so many. Uh, so many even animated options. You wait, got... there's, the Dexter, there's the Dexter's Lab movie. Yeah, uh, that came out have... in the 2000s, I bet. Not 1999, which is wrong, but it's closer. <laughs> does it have robots? One sec. Control F, robot. It does have robots. Uh, well, <laughs> it basically is the same show, then. What? Fuck what we were going to watch today. Like, we're we just watching have a clickbaity title ego and, trip. Uh, like, our infamous Harry Potter episode. And people will click and it's like, what is this bullshit? And then immediately unfollow us, unsubscribe, delete us from their podcasting history. We will be, it'll be the end of us. This will be our last episode. All because we decided oh. to cover uh, Dexter's Laboratory instead of one of the most famous sci-fi anime movies ever to come to the West. <laughs> And that being Remington, Ghost in the Shell. Oh, shit. All right. Th that's okay. I've heard of it um, largely because of the live action remake. Mm -hmm. um, and I knew that it was a remake. I didn't see the remake. I well, haven't that's, seen. That's because you don't watch movies, it, Remington. <laughs> it's true. So I am very unfamiliar, but it is one I've heard of. All right, so before we get into it, there are multiple Ghost in the Shell-like properties. What you're watching is just Ghost in the Shell, Remington. <laughs> and if you we see- We don't want another Psyche K. Yeah, and if you see, like, a hint of Scarlett Johansson, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> I, I just want to make that abundantly clear before we go into this. If you see any amount of Scarlett Johansson, you're in the wrong location. You need to, you need to do a backup and a detour. Yeah, yeah. Because while the live-action remake wasn't the worst thing on the face of the planet, uh, it sparked a lot of controversy. Yep, yep. So right, okay. we won't be talking about that as much. I just wanted to make sure that uh, you don't you don't pull you don't pull a, a nice Psyche K fast Remington fool maneuver, and like ruin this podcast because a lot of people have been asking for this for years. Yeah. Uh, uh, so if you had to guess, what do you think Ghost from the Shell is about, man? All right, so thinking about Ghost in the Shell, I'm sort of thinking of the philosophical concept of Ghost in the Machine, but in this case, making it actually Machine. So I would take it to be that there is uh, an artificial intelligence, there's some sort of like robot that has obtained sentience and or consciousness. Um, or you could also have it where uh, somebody has been transplanted into a digital world or a robot. But that's the sort of direction that, that I'm taking it based on the title alone. Um, am I in the right ballpark there? Honestly, you nailed it in one for the most part, man. Like, it's not a hard read as long as you understand, you know, the concept of souls and machines, which is a fun sci-fi concept that's been around for, you know, decades and is great to talk about. Ghost in the Shell is kind of like the uh, one of the pinnacle anime films about that concept uh, from the 90s. And, uh, but to be more specific, uh, <laughs> okay, my favorite thing about doing older sci-fi is the specific years they decide to use for, uh, their future, their long, <laughs> far-off, distant future date. 
Uh, All right, let's hear this one. Uh, so, Remington, our story takes place in the year 2029. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, my God. It's going to... Oh, it's gonna hit us like 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 a sack of bricks. Oh yeah, it's coming we're, soon. We're not we're not too far off, man. Uh, check up check up on Elon Musk. What he's been, what has he been up to? Uh, <laughs> being a little bit scummy, most likely. But at least he didn't ride a hey. dick into space, or 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 he, hey. he might have at this point. I honestly don't know. Uh, <laughs> but no, Remington. In the year twenty twenty nine, in the city of Nihama, it is a uh, very high futuristic technologically advanced metropolis and all of the citizens are very basic are basically able to do the cyberpunk thing of replacing limbs and body parts with you know mechanical bits and bobs uh you know whether it's for recovering from injury or just because hey it's the cool fashionable thing to do and uh as this is a very high uh, octane interconnected technological advanced society uh there is a uh, a, a group of very high technologically advanced, uh, for lack of a better term, police force, uh, known as uh, Public Security Section 9 specifically, is responsible for uh, combating all the corruption, terrorism, and dangerous threats that, uh, you know, follow a shift for, like, global communication and true interconnectivity uh, throughout the world because everybody is literally being plugged into the machines, as it were. Sure. Uh, and our story is about the uh, about a uh, major Motoko Kusanagi. Yeah. And uh, she is a lead investigator trying to find out a uh, case involving a mysterious hacker known as Puppet Master, who is leaving a bunch of victims stripped of memories. Mm, yes. Well, what he actually does is in in a, the digital world, he goes around and he has what's called a death gun, you see. <laughs> okay, listen. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't bring that shit in here. Get that get that that watered down shit out of my grim dark sci-fi, sir. <laughs> oh, fuck. But no, the uh, the general story is it's about uh, Major Mako- uh, Motoko Kusanagi uh, trying to hunt down this dangerous criminal who's leaving people essentially empty shells. Sure. Yeah, that's a little bit of a action, a little bit of mystery, a little bit of you know philosophy, a uh, little bit of butts, just a little bit of butts here and there. Well, you know, always a fan of butts, as you should be, and proper of age adult butts as well. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, and. That's basically the premise. Any more than that, and we'd be getting way too deep into the plot, but it's about this really uh, cool, badass female protagonist who is running around, kicking ass, and trying to, you know, save the world and the city from, you know, evil hacker men. Well, I can't wait to watch. Big fan of Johansson's work. Okay, listen here. (laughs) (laughs) You can't. <laughs> Look, I, no shade against Scarlett Johansson. In, in fact, Scarlett Johansson, I know you're a big fan and you listen to the podcast regularly. If you ever want to come on, please, we'll talk about anime all the time. Uh, Sean. Yeah. Sean. Yeah. I want to make things right before we end things. I want to make things slightly interesting. Okay. I'm gonna roll a d20. Okay. I'm not gonna tell you the result. Okay. If it's a if it's a one, and only if it is a one. I'm watching the one with Scarlett Johansson. And the the only time you're going to learn whether or not I rolled a one, very unlikely, but 5% chance, 
is when we come back. Remington, you can't do this to me. All right, I've rolled. I've rolled. Remington, you son of a bitch, you better not do this to me. I'm looking at a number right now. It's unlikely to be a one. You better fucking take a picture of it right fucking now. All right, all right, I will. Um, because if it's a one, I will come over there and I will eviscerate you from head to toe. It is not going to be pretty because Remington, you don't understand. There was a lot of controversy about the Scarlett Johansson version. <laughs> all right, well, who knows? There's a 5% chance that that's the one I'm watching. Oh, Remington, please. I don't know if I can take it. I don't know I, if I you'll... want those emails. <laughs> Only one way for us to see. Oh, fuck me running. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, let's go watch some Ghost in the Shell. It's very unlikely, Sean. Remington, you are the master of unlikely scenarios. You know that, right? 95% <laughs> chance. Previously. I'm going to roll a d20. And only if it is a one, I'm watching the one with Scarlett Johansson. If it's a one, I will come over there and I will eviscerate you from head to toe. Up next. I, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, Jean, I rolled. Now, back to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back after watching the hit 1995 movie, Kokaku Kidotai, or otherwise known as Ghost in the Shell. And dear God, Remington, please tell me you did not roll a natural one, because if you did, I'm going to cry, because then we're going to have to talk about the controversy, and I don't want to do that, because <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> we're not that kind of podcast. We're not here to get into the, the you know, the deep, nitty-gritty, like, dirty-dirty controversy of the movies. We're here to have fun, make goofs, and talk about classic film in the anime community. I don't want to talk about the controversial live-action movie. So, Rem... I, I mean, Sean, it's wildly unlikely that I rolled a natural one. Wildly unlikely. Rem, it's a 5% chance. <laughs> a, a, a large part of me just wants to, like, start talking about it and just not address which one I saw until it becomes evident. The second I hear Scarlett Johansson, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> Live on the podcast, my tears will start flowing... And I will be an emotional wreck throughout the rest of the episode. <laughs> I chose this uh, not no, to be I, controversial. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, Sean, I rolled a seven. We're fine. We're fine. Oh, thank I watched fuck. the anime. Oh, thank fuck. Oh, oh, Hachimachi. That, oh, oh, my heart couldn't take that. Seven looks a lot like a one, too. So that's, uh. <laughs> Yeah, I had to, you know, double check, squint a little bit. Uh, I don't so, know, man. I, uh, I have some dice. Just... I have some dice that uh, every time I'm like, is that a seven or a one? I should get rid of this dice. Uh, it, it, it's rough. <laughs> All right. So I'm I'm going to handle Ghost in the Shell a little bit weirdly um, because I'm going to start by briefly summing up in broad brushes the plot Yeah. Uh, because I'm going to make the claim the plot only sort of half matters, uh, which oh, I don't think should be controversial. The the plot is is but a vessel. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 plot is secondary. Okay, I, I think that's fair. Like you're you're towing a very dangerous line, my man. <laughs> well, first let's just quickly discuss the plot, get that out of the way, and then discuss uh the the important stuff. So uh the general plot. Is that you have, oh god, I don't know any of their names. Um, I'm gonna call her Scarlet. 
No, you uh, are not. You <laughs> are absolutely Johansson. not. Motoko. Motoko. <laughs> That's not hard. Kusanagi, if you prefer. Those are two. Those are both very good names. Absolutely not. All right. So we start with Scarlett Johansson assassinating a dude who's showing up and there's a police raid and it's it's a really i found it to be a complicated opening sequence and i couldn't grasp all of the details um maybe i just wasn't used to the subtitles or something i don't know but the the opening sequence it was all neat i hardly knew what the fuck was going on there was apparently a possible double agent trying to hack into something or other. I don't really know. I don't really know. They hit you with a whole lot really fast immediately. <laughs> like, I don't know. Sean, am, am I dumb or is it just like a really dense opening five minutes? It's a very dense opening five minutes. <laughs> like maybe on it's second watch, dense. then I'd be able to like really grasp it. But I feel like for most people, the first time you watch it, those first five minutes, you need to fucking lock up. You cannot look away for a moment. Even if you don't, you might still be a little bit lost. There's a whole lot of details that you need to all piece together, um, which is fine, but a little bit rough initially. Uh, the main plot is that there's this mysterious individual, the Puppet Master, who has been hacking into uh, different things and even uh, hacking into different people, right? Um... And as it turns out, this Puppet Master, as we learn, is sort of a, a government experiment gone sentient. And uh, one organization f finds that, figures it out. Another organization is trying to stop them and cover up their tracks, right? Um, lots of shootouts and fights. Uh, lots of trying to find Puppet Master, find Puppet Master, figure out what's going on. And at the end, there's a merging between... Puppet Master and Scarlett Johansson. Um, so I'm gonna cringe every time you call her Scarlett Johansson. Like it, like it might not come through <laughs> on the audio, but there, there is actual physical pain going through my body every time I hear her name in this context. Uh, don't worry, it'll happen every time. Uh, so that is more or less the plot. Um, not there's not too much to it, but it is sufficiently complex and convoluted and a little bit confusing where if you're a listener who hasn't seen it and you don't fully understand that's okay it's all right um i i don't think i really missed anything significant would you say in the in like the plot uh the overarching is there no, anything i left no. out sean i mean it's pretty yeah. it's pretty standard 90s sci-fi uh which if you watch a lot of yeah, sci-fi or again, consume a lot of sci-fi you know what i mean when i say 90s sci-fi yeah, so, like, once again, it's just not about the plot. Like, I've summarized the entire plot for you. Um, and there's a lot of, like, complicated details that only half matter. Um, because what really matters, uh, it Ghost in the Shell, it's a very thoughtful show. Um, and also a wildly pretentious, uh, movie. Wildly pretentious. So far up its own ass. Which is not the worst thing. Uh, I think it has a lot of interesting ideas shared in an interesting way, but by God, is it also up its own ass about it. Because uh, you got all these ideas of, like, personhood and identity. Um, those would be probably, like, the, the most significant themes of it all. Um, figuring out who you are, what it means to be human, the dividing line between the two, um, 
uh, which are super neat and interesting ideas. And, like, the dialogue uh, and the, the sort of soliloquies, as it were, delving into those ideas that, like, Scarlett Johansson has a really nice moment on a boat uh-huh. with, um, oh, what, uh, what's his name? Um, the, the big buff man, you know, uh, Guile. <laughs> Fucking Guile from Street Fighter. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah, it's Guy. Uh, Bato. Bato? Are you talking about Bato, the man with the cyborg eyes? Bato? Um, yes. Yes. I'm going to keep calling him Guile. We have My Guile Christ. and Scarlett Johansson. His hair is And then like... we have generic buddy cop as well. Yeah, Togusa. Togusa seems like he's going to be more important, but no, he's very background. <laughs> uh, but there, there's a conversation between Guile and Scarlett Johansson. Where they're on okay, boat, his hair isn't even like about, close like, to guile. I don't know where you're getting guile. No, not from. the hair. The vibe. The the, vibe. the physique. The blonde hair. The vibe. You know, it's guile. It's guile with a different haircut. All right. Um, I. But oh my Christ! <laughs> don't worry about it. John. You're you're far too focused on the little details, Sean. And they uh, they have this really <laughs> interesting conversation talking about. Um, Talking about one's ghost, which is sort of like one's soul consciousness, etc. Um, and all of those types of concepts. They've just seen someone hack into someone else's ghost. The idea of like, do I have a real history or is it fabricated? All that fun stuff. And the dialogue, it's really well done. It's really intelligently handled. Uh, though also, pretentious as all fuck. And, and why do I keep harping on that? Well... Uh, it, I, I can see that being a little off-putting because it's not like, hey, here's some neat ideas. It's like, wow, look how we're exploring these ideas. Pretty impressive, right? Uh, and it's like, well, I mean, yeah, but you don't need to keep patting yourself on the back about it. <laughs> it certainly doesn't ruin those moments by any means. Uh, but it's, it can get mildly grating. Uh, and, and yeah, with that, I like, I don't know, man. I've basically, I've discussed everything. Not everything, everything. but the big stuff. Everything. I've discussed all the major stuff about this show, dude. (laughs) There's some details I can add, like how, uh, the score, really nice, the music. I especially, one of the things I adore about this movie, possibly my favorite thing of the movie, is there's multiple high-intensity moments chase scenes, fight scenes, and almost every single one, they have, they make the music super quiet, super relaxed, almost just in the background. It is eerily silent, right? Uh, letting, letting the intensity speak for itself, letting the action speak for itself. I find that to be such a nice creative decision, uh, because normally in in today's age, fight scenes, they're Almost all handled the exact same way, where it's like less interesting. The music gets pounding and crazy, and it's like, okay, yeah, sure. So to see a, a sort of different musical language used for those moments, I loved that. That was great. Uh, I also thought, obviously, animation, superb. Super well done animation, unsurprisingly. Um, just wildly well done on every front. Uh, and, and so, yeah, on those details, real good. Huh. I... I don't know what I was expecting, Rem, but I did not expect you to be able to, like, summarize everything so quickly and concisely. <laughs> I was I mean, expecting, right. like, like is it super... there was going to be some kind of discourse. <laughs> some kind of nitpicky moments here it's, and there it's from like, you, but... 
I don't know, man. It's like, despite being very convoluted and complicated, at, at its core, it's really not. It dresses up the plot and it dresses up the themes, but at its core, the plot is simple. The themes are simple. It It's not... The fundamentals are, are wildly straightforward here in an astonishing degree. Huh. I... Wow. I... This is a lot to process, Rem. The fact that you're able to take one of the <laughs> most famous uh, anime films of all time, uh, one of the films that is very responsible for a lot of Western audience interaction. Uh, hell, fuck, this movie even inspired The Matrix, of all things, Rem. Uh, but you haven't seen The yep, Matrix, yep. so that doesn't really help <laughs> at all. Uh, if one day I force you to watch The Matrix and only the first Matrix, because I wouldn't make you watch the sequels because I'm not that much of a dick, uh, then you'll definitely see where all of The Matrix's influence comes from when it comes to the sci-fi style. But, like, this is a wildly influential sci-fi film. This and Akira are kind of like the two big anime sci-fi movies that everybody always comes back to when it comes to trying to discuss, uh, like early sci-fi decisions uh, outside of, you know, TV series and the like. So the fact that you... And I would say that, like, it's deserving. Like, both of them together, both of them belong there. Wildly stunning animation, the lot of them. Um, I I would say, I think I prefer Akira. I think I prefer Akira. I think I would say it handles more nuanced issues in more complex ways, where... Uh, which isn't to say Ghost in the Shell doesn't handle the issues well, blah, 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 or any of that. I, I just prefer, I think, both the issues and the handling in Akira. I think it's more interesting. Ah, but Ghost in the Shell has sexy robots. It, it does have, I, I will say, um, what one of the creative decisions they make is, all right, well, she can go invisible, but only when she's naked. <laughs> um, which... It, it, it just, I, I always keep going back to, and this is like a classical instance of it, which is rare, but I always just keep going back to um, that one Pro-ZD uh, clip where it's just talking about the boob window being gratuitous and people being like, oh no, it's super meaningful. It's like, I don't know, man. It's a little bit unnecessary. Like, don't get me wrong. It wasn't. It's, I, I don't even think that Ghost in the Shell, that it's super horny, right? It's not oh, super no. horny. No, no. But it, it is, I, I guess I would call it gratuitously adult. Like, it, it wants to be like, look at our violence and nudity, right? And and how gritty we are. But I don't know. It, it sort of just is unnecessary. I, I guess it's just, when it was in the age, it's like trying to prove that cartoons can be for adults too right okay um so like i get it i get it but i i i think it it doesn't do much besides try and prove how mature you are which like okay so sure bud you're mature so you're saying that that, uh kira earned its rated r rating whereas this one is just kind of like pushing for it (laughs) yeah yeah like i feel with, with akira i think it would be a radically different kind of show if it was like pg or pg-13 like right the entire and i think i think most people would agree yeah like (laughs) yeah akira would just physically not be able to happen unless they had like the pure unrestricted ability to do whatever the hell they wanted because uh if y'all haven't seen akira uh first of all go see it at least once everybody needs to uh secondly uh you understand like 
you you don't you don't yeah. you don't get big spooky scary flesh abominations with a PG thirteen. Yeah. Whereas if you made Ghost in the Shell PG or PG thirteen, I can't really think of anything significant you would change. Like you you literally just put clothes on the boobs or even just like removing the nipples would be like 80% of it and it would be like uh, less blood I guess it really wouldn't change much at all uh which once again this is such a minor thing I don't want people to be like yeah but it adds to the the theme and the feel yeah sure a little bit I guess um I I just feel like it's it's really trying to show how mature it is when it doesn't need to it's like a 19-year-old be emphasizing how they're an adult. It's like, yeah, but I know. You're the one making it weird by by making a big deal out of it. <laughs> Look, man, let, let's face it. Uh, sci-fi is always has to have a little bit of horniness in it. Just a little bit. Just for flavor. <laughs> you know? Even Star Trek course, had its moments. You know? And I'm sure there's also, like, some really good, like, symbolism and stuff. Um, I, I, but I, I think that... Uh, and, and, you know, one thing I want to address, Sean, one thing okay. I'm going to briefly, quickly address. There's going right. to be some people who are like, you just, you glossed over the philosophical ideas covered, which, yes, I did. And there's sort of a yeah, reason yeah. for that. And it's while I think it, it analyzes these issues in a poetic and and uh, an intelligent way, it's certainly not like an original or unique or complicated way. Like, it, it delves into personhood. What makes us human? What makes a, a thing a person? What, what, where's the line between sentience and non-sentience? Um, and it also talks about, like, a sense of self, uh, and, and how, what, what is me? How much can I change? In what ways can I change? What processes of change can I go through and still maintain self? Um, all, all of those types of things. Um, and those are all real cool questions. But it's it it doesn't give anything like super new to the equation, so I do, don't really feel the need to like delve in deep. Maybe maybe if it's your first introduction to like to those ideas, then like fantastic. But especially now, they they've permeated in the consciousness, and even like around that time, they were still significant. Uh, around that time. Do you buy? So I okay, I just don't feel the you. need to like go into yeah. Uh, do you have any uh, examples uh, that handle these uh, thoughts and ideals a bit better? Uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna suggest two games right off the bat um, that I think handle the the similar issues in more interesting ways. I'm gonna say, and and they get a little bit more room. They have more time to develop these ideas, right? Um, I would recommend Soma and Talos Principle as Ooh, two those are good really ones. solid oh, games. Those are really good ones. Holy that shit. Both, <laughs> uh, Soma, less less for the gameplay, uh, but still some really neat concepts. Um, even, I, I think Talos Principle, both in how it explores the ideas and also gameplay-wise, I would recommend even more. Um, yeah. And I think both of those, they handle very, very similar issues and more. And I think they do it in a lot more of an interesting, complex, nuanced uh, way. And so th those would be some examples that I would, just off the top of my head, uh, recommend. Okay, well, shit. Yeah, no, I, I can't believe I didn't draw those comparisons until just now. Uh, but that's fine. That's fine. You know, I like to think I understand <laughs> uh, stories and mediums, but then again, last time I played, or I those or if was if you want if wild. you want something 
Yeah, if you want something much more uh, heavy-handed, uh-uh. then... Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know why, why, why you could find say no, no. If you want something heavy-handed um, that handles similar issues, sometimes in an interesting way and sometimes really not, that weirdly, now that I'm saying it, is a little bit closer to Ghost in the Shell in that way... Um, though worse, it, Detroit become human. Oh no, <laughs> Rem. I, I, I will let me put it this way. All right, on one end Rem. you have Detroit become human. On the other side you have things like um, you, you have like Talos Principle. Um, I, I would say in the middle is Ghost in the Shell, but it leans slightly closer to Detroit become human. Oof, oof, like. God, I... Which isn't the worst. Detroit Become Human, while it becomes a bit of a clusterfuck, it explores interesting ideas. It just, sort of like Ghost in the Shell, doesn't have the sort of depth or complexity that I would want. Granted, just... I will also say Detroit Become Human is a lot stupider. It handles it a lot oh, stupider. God, it's um, so <laughs> Less poetically. Ghost in the Shell, at least, is, is nice and poetic with its language, so... Yeah, I, d- I knew. I was wondering what flavor of controversy we were going to get this episode. I did not expect us to be throwing stones at David Cage. Uh, <laughs> but honestly, I'm here for it. Oh man, I'm just waiting for that that sexy David Cage Reki Kawahara collaboration on a true Sword Art Online. Oh, what a what a masterpiece that would be. Oh God, speaking of Sword Art Online news, Rem, uh, turns out. They are going to be making a version of Reki's uh, rewritten version of Sword Art Online in an animation form. Oh, fuck this shit. Fuck off. All right. All right. We're done here. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we finish, Rev, I guess uh, my I have one question to ask. And uh, any guesses on the Mal score for Ghost in the Shell? Oh, it's got to be like eight point. Uh, probably like, oh, man, I, I don't think people will have the same critiques I do. Like, I don't think they'll wildly disagree. This is a weird one where I think a lot of people will be like, yeah. Um, but even with my critiques, that they're, they're not going to find it a bigger deal. They're going to say like 8 point... Oh, it's, uh, I'm going to go big. I'm going to say like 8.56. Wow. High praise. Uh, well, Remington. Well, with... I, I think I think the, that's where the weebs are putting it, at least. But where are you putting it? I would put it where 5 is completely neutral. Remember that, weebs. 5 is neutral, Okay. I would put it probably around 5.5 to 6. It's good. Oh, it's good. Okay. All right. It's good. It's favorable. They're not going to hear that it's good. You, you know they're going to hear that, oh, he gave one a classic <laughs> film an average rating. That's it. Grab the pitchforks. It, it's it's 5.5 to 6. That's good. That's favorable. That's a thumbs up. It is a thumbs up, Rem. But it's kind of a wimpy, weak thumbs up uh, in the eyes of the weebs. Uh, and that could get you in trouble, but I'm okay with that. Uh, but no, Rem, with a, with a <laughs> solid 270,000, uh, users rating it, Ghost in the Shell has a nice solid 8.29. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So, not as high as you thought, but definitely on the upper echelon. Because, you know, there's no way this show yeah. is going to get lower than an 8. Like, whether it's nostalgia or yeah. modern admirement or all the things it influenced. But it, it definitely yeah. is very simplistic in comparison to a lot of more modern, uh, in-depth sci-fi. Uh, it, yep, which, it once again, I don't think it's the worst thing. 
yeah, I think it is totally fine. I think it is worth watching. I think that essentially, I, I guess how I feel about it, it's not that it's aged poorly, but it has aged noticeably, right? So it doesn't hold up. Yeah, it's still, it's still good. Um, but does it hold up as well as it used to? Not quite. That That's sort of my opinion on it. And I think that's a completely fair opinion to have. Then I guess the final question I have to ask you, Rem, is there any chance you'd like to watch Ghost in the Shell with me again? Uh, I mean, maybe like the first five minutes so I can actually understand what the <laughs> fuck is going on. <laughs> uh, don't worry, I'll never make you watch the ScarJo one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just waiting. There's, I know there's going to be like one person being like, actually, the first five minutes is so easy to understand. I know. How could you not get it? You dumb. And it's like, I don't know, man. It's, it, it's, it's a little, it's, it's a little convoluted. Like I, I got it for the most part, but it's still a little, con <laughs> it's a lot of sci-fi no jargon and nonsense. Let's be real. Uh, yeah, and there's fun, like lots of politics and different. Yeah, it, it, it's a mess. It's a mess. Yeah, no, it's a very, it's a very tart uh, dressing for the set. It's, you know, it, it, it does the job. It can just be a little convoluted if you're not expecting it. Uh, but with that, thank you all so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. If you enjoyed Rem grossly simplifying a classic anime film, then please head on over to wherever you get your podcasts, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify and leave us a review. It means us the it means the world to us and we do read every single one. But if you'd like to support us even more directly, you can head on over to twitch.tv/animeoutofcontext where me and Remington stream games. We occasionally chat and just uh, hang out and have a good time. But if that is not enough support, if you want to support us even more directly, you can head on over to patreon.com slash animeoutofcontext, where you can gain access to all kinds of lovely bonus material, including having the opportunity to have your name read aloud on the podcast. So, Remington, who are we thanking this week? Well, as always, we'd like to send our regards to all of our bland bitch protagonists, as well as our magical girls who we really appreciate. But we move on to our yandere waifus who are assassinating us when we beg for political asylum. And on that list, we have Xanax. Why do I love corners? Well, I can show you Ishida. I, I I don't understand. We hold these truths to be self-evident. We hold Dylan's dick. Walk me home gently. VTubers ruined my YouTube algorithm. Vainy Jordan. Hate that name. Sundere Dragon. Totally God. The world shall know propane. The word of the day is why the fuck is my face on a cookie? Hey, Big Tony. Sorry, mother. Slappity, bappity, cappity, lappity, nappity, rappity, zappity. Uh, silent secondary. Sarah Birch, Sammy Pritchard, Salty Pretzel, Sequoia Fay, Remington Merrill, Rem, you failed the name pronunciation test. Rem wishes a Remo and other sister fucking anime were in white swords. Oof. Uh, ready to be isekai Navi, Mike the Mutilator, Matthew Drums as Rem's a bitch. Makachop92, Luke Offenberger, Lonely Geek 23 Jax, if you're into tabletop gaming and like Ohio, or at least d don't dislike it, check out the Ice and Dice Kickstarter. Hell yeah, free shilling. Uh, Ichigo Sim zero one five. I went to a whore. She said, <laughs> <laughs> "I went to a whore." My she said, "My life's a bore, so quit my whining because it's bringing her down." Uh, I really want you to show me Jinro the Wolf Brigade next week, Sean. Uh, I hit and accidentally killed my waifu, and she didn't have a life insurance policy. Absolutely tragic. That, yeah, uh, I believe in Taiga Isaka supremacy. <laughs> Hunter Davies. Hey guys, Remington here. Do you ever get collector's anxiety in huge open world RPGs? Griffin and Kruger, Krieger. There's a Y in the U. Cry Uger. Good job, God, says. I'm so sorry. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Uh, good job, says Misika. 
Glenn Michael Dolan, Ghostly Bishi, I need more Joey Wheeler in my life. Gate Duck, Fuck of Love Foxen Boy, Fruit is the Best V Shoujo Girl, Farmer Weeb Wants and Joey Wheeler, Hey Yooks, Iku Iku Iku, uh, El Dudorito, Data Type, Dark Swarm 713, Danny Morbido, Shy 900, Christian Crawford, Cheese Monkey, Cage in the House, Broke Bitch, Baron Von Muffinbeard the Third, Ariel Bird, Apostle of the Church of Remington, Anime Duck, Anime Aunt's Comfort, Anime It's Tokyo Ghoul, Anime Out of Context Podcast is the only reason I made a Patreon account. Andrew Rauke, Elise Howard, Alpha Weeb, and Adam McLaughlin. Thank you all so much. But next, we move on to the Boy Wizard tier. Heading over to Hogwarts, where everybody is going to get some super fun facts about Elijah Wood. You've done this one twice, Rem. No, I did fun facts about Daniel Radcliffe. And I've done fun facts about Harry Potter. And I've done fun facts about Lord of the Rings. Now I'm doing fun facts about Elijah Wood. Okay. It's different. <laughs> Is it? It's all different. Is it? <laughs> I okay, I acknowledge. I acknowledge. Not only are we at the bottom of the barrel, I've, I there's a hole in the barrel. We're about to break the barrel. Let me put it this way. I wouldn't be surprised if within the next few weeks, I have to figure out something else. All right? I feel, All right. I feel like the barrel is more no, of a concept no. at this point. Nonetheless, Sean, wa, wa, wat, Sean wa, wa, Watashi no Danasamu Detsu, uh, always dangerous to, to read Japanese, yep. you get that Elijah Wood was the first recipient of the NATO Show West Young Star of the Year Award. How fun! Pilkster, the Sippo Gear Advocate. He's five foot six. That's a fun fact right there. MT the Poet. He beat out uh people like Jake Gyllenhaal to become Frodo Baggins. Jake Gyllenhaal would have been a very different Frodo. Um very, that would that's a Momo the Griff. Vibe. <laughs> right? Uh Momo the Griff. Uh did you know that uh, that he can play piano professionally? Talented man. Uh Miguel Delion. Uh, uh, he became a, a child model when his mother wanted him to burn off excessive energy. Um, I should know. Um, right now, all of these are from movie details, facts, and trivia.wordpress.com. So just to give you an Ah, idea. you worked hard to get uh, these. <laughs> <laughs> Lord Flexidor. Um, he loves the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Uh, Kazum Morocco. That's fair. He hates the 1998 Godzilla. It's his least favorite movie. I, that's um, very fair. Just, that's very fair. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Uh, Justin Kessinger, uh, he became the first member of the official Lord of the Rings fan club. <laughs> I live in Ogden. Yes, that one. Um, in the original book, Frodo's 50 years old when he leaves, uh, which makes him, him the oldest hobbit, even though Woods was the youngest of, of the uh, four hobbits. I call Bonder Daddy. Uh, all, all of the Fellowship members uh, had got matching... Tattoos that are the number nine in Elvish. Hinata's a ball of sunshine. His favorite actors are Emma Thompson and Tim Roth. Wow, look at all these fun facts. Um, uh, Friendship is magic. Shit wrong franchise. Will Ice and Dice 2022 will have vampires and mages. It's basically Harry and Potter. Apparently Ice and Dice. <laughs> that's what that's, we're that's chilling two. out here. That's two plugs. Yeah. <laughs> Did, I don't know if, if they collaborated. It's I guess we'll 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 look it up. We'll or if it's it like the same. Uh, like they're doing a lot of effort for. It. I mean, good for them. 
it's apparently a uh, Ohio-based gaming convention. Interesting. All right, fuck it. The rest is going to be ice and dice facts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I don't so think we can encourage this I... kind of behavior. I don't think we can encourage this. Friendship is magic. Uh, you can, oh my god, on the Kickstarter, they, no, okay, never mind, that's Ice Dice, not Ice and Dice. <laughs> you were, you were about to plug something completely different. Uh, apparently though, Ice Dice, Friendship is Magic, you get some Ice Dice, um, <laughs> which got 400,000 of its 4,000 Kickstarter goal. Oh my god. Sorry, is that like just an, an ice tray with... In the shape of, of of a polyhedral set. That's pretty great. Um, That's generally, pretty great. yeah. Oh. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Enrique Perez Torres. No, I, there's not enough ice and dice facts. There's just not. Uh, so back to yeah. Elijah Wood. Um, Roger Ebert called him the most talented actor in his age group in Hollywood history. God damn. Uh, dedicated sadist. He became the first person to ever cross Southern Africa's Victoria Falls by rope. Um, That's pretty neat. Dedicated sadist. Oh, did I just do dedicated sadist? I don't know. You've been cutting in and out the, the, during the whole Patreon read, so I'm just kind of smiling and nodding for the most part. Oh, God, I'm losing my mind, dude. Dedicated sadist. Did I give you a fact? <laughs> if I didn't, dedicated sadist. Elijah Wood. Boy, what a hunk. That's a fact. That may not even be used. I don't know. I don't know if I said your name yet. Moving on. Can we watch No Game, No Life next time, John? Uh, no. Um... <laughs> Elijah Wood's family owned uh owned a deli. They're, fun facts. Beta, um, you get that uh Elijah Wood loves horror movies. Uh he first fell in love with it after watching 1986 Truth or Dare, a critical madness. Uh, uh and last but not least, Aaron Hegland, you get that Elijah Wood is secretly three kids in a trench coat. <laughs> Those are the All tiniest kids. Those are the tiniest kids, Remington. You don't understand. You very said he was 5'6 earlier. Very small He's kids. Not the, yeah, yeah, very, very, small, very kids. small kids. Like malformed kids. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a little fucked uh, up to got, say. We get, to, we get our chef in a Musco tier uh, at the White House. And everyone is gonna get... Um, a philosophical question of personhood. I expect essays at the end. Uh, Zikun, uh, I, I ask you, uh, is there any legitimacy to humans just being very, very complicated material processes? Uh, Silk Inspector, I ask you, what is consciousness and where does it come from? Uh, and last but not least, Raftalia is my anime waifu. The question I have for you is... How many Dokimakras does Sean actually have? So all of those, hey, good questions. Uh, um, thank one. you all so much for tuning in. If you'd like to reach out, whether it's for a comment, question, feedback, or recommendation, you can tweet us at AnimeConPod on Twitter or send an email over onto AnimeOutOfContext at gmail.com. Once again, guys, thank you all so much for tuning in. We love you very much. And as always, don't fuck your sister. Thank God my Western girlfriend doesn't listen to this podcast. Scarlett Johansson has a really nice boobs. If it's a one.
I will come over there and I will live on the podcast. Fuck the muffin right now. It is not going to be pretty. I, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, Sean, I rolled the natural one.